guys, welcome back to Brothers Castle. I'm your host, Destiny. Today, I have my co host with me, Vanilla. Hey, everyone. Alright, so in today's episode, we're going to be talking about a couple different plot holes that we noticed in the series. Some of them are bigger than others, but these are just ones that stood out to me, and yeah. So the first one, what's the first one? So, um, Vernon and Petunia putting up a fuss when Harry gets his letter. Okay, this one, I didn't even, like, I literally had never thought about it until I searched up plot holes from Sorcerer's Stone, and then I saw this, and I was like, you know, you're right, because, you know, JK makes it a point to talk about how they couldn't stand Harry. I mean, we all know that they basically, sh- you know, shoved him to a corner where they didn't have to think about him for the first 10 years of his life. And, like, they, they hated him because he had magic. And, you know, they just did not like him. They didn't want to raise him. They didn't want him to live with them, whatever. So it's weird that they would make such a fuss about him you know, going to Hogwarts where Petunia was moved that she'd be able to get rid of him for most of these most of the year. So it's just like, you know, it's kind of um contradictory to the fact of how they want to get rid of him, but yet they're making such a fuss about, you know, being able to get rid of him. Like it, it's really it doesn't add up. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I don't know why I never thought about it. It's like You'd expect them to be like, okay, yeah, great. Send the owl. Send him off. We're finally going to get rid of him, even if it's not permanent. But but instead, you know, they're sending the wizard on a fucking wild goose chase. And it it just makes no sense. You'd almost think they didn't want him to go, but it's the cut. Like, they don't want him to go on the books, but at the same time, that just doesn't fit with the whole thing of we don't want him around, you know? Yeah, exactly. It's really, it's um, very confusing. I think, I mean, yeah, just because it's a magic school doesn't mean that it's um, it's a bad one. And it's like, you'd, th- you'd think that they would be, um, you know, that they wouldn't care. They'd just be like, okay, we've tried to stamp the magic out. We can't do it. Just send them off anyway. Right, yeah. You know, the whole point, their their whole thing was like, shove him out of the way so we don't have to look at him. So you'd think the first chance that they get to be able to send him completely away so he wouldn't even be in the house, you'd think that they would jump cut that opportunity and they'd be like, oh my god, finally. Like, they'd be like, you know, these, these freaks are good for nothing, but they're going to take him off our hands, so let's just send him away. But instead, it's almost as if, it's almost as if, like, it was Dudley that got the letter and they don't want him to go away. It's just, it's just really weird. I don't know why I never thought about it until then. It just doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know. It's just really weird. It's like, you know, it's almost like, I can't think of another comparison right now. But it just makes no sense. 
it, it doesn't make any sense at all. That's that's something that I don't see. I definitely see it in physics, but it's funny how I haven't seen like any of the channels that I'm subscribed to. I haven't seen any of them like talk about it. So yeah, no, I thought it was definitely an interesting one. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Mm. Yeah, that's about it on that one. Okay, that's the next one. Um, okay, so this one is, how did Hermione know so much before she came to Hogwarts? Okay, so this one was one that I thought of on my own. And I was thinking because, like, well, no, part of it was some, part of the first part was, was something that I found, and, you know, the whole thing about her being able to recall everything was something that I tried to add. But, um, it's a good point, because it's just like, yeah, she didn't start Hogwarts until she was nearly 12, and we know the reason for that, but at the same time, unless she had, you know, unless she was being able to go to Diamond Alley all the time, and if she was, then that's, you know, she's completely, yeah, I can't speak English, she's, she has a complete advantage over every other Muggleborn, because we all know that every other Muggleborn definitely didn't have the chance to go to Diamond Alley for, like, pretty much a whole year after getting their letter, but I don't think that's what happened, so I'm just wondering, you know, it was never explained as to why she was always so smart and why she always remained the absolute smartest and you know once it also the whole thing about how she could recall any piece of text word for word like it sounds like she had magnetic memory but they never explicitly you know jk never explicitly said it and i feel like she should have because it would have been number one it would have been a really interesting thing her having magnetic memory but it's just like without it it's like how you explain her knowing so much and you know another thing is the whole she says that she had tried a bunch of spells before you know when she's on the train she says to Ron and Harry that she tried a bunch of spells and they all worked for her yeah I think some of us have figured out that the traces only activated once you go to Hogwarts but she wasn't actually supposed to be able to do those spells. So it's just like, if the trace isn't activated, like if the trace is activated as soon as you get your wand, then she shouldn't have been able to try those spells. And also... Yeah. Sorry, she, wouldn't yeah, been, go on, go on. she wouldn't have been able to use her parents' wand or, or like other... Exactly, um, exactly. But yeah, it, it's, it's amazing how she can just like spit out spit out a definition when the teacher asks for it. It's just like, um, I don't think. I mean, as much as I love reading, mm. um, I don't think you can spend every single second of um, every day reading. Like you have to take breaks and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's just really weird. And eleven year olds usually. I'm not saying that there's some, like, that they aren't smart, but, like, the stuff that Hermione knew at, at 11 was, like, 
something that a seventeen like stuff that seventeen year olds would would know. Um, so yeah, that there was a lack of explanation, and I don't think it's because Hermione was <coughs> extra, like exceptionally perceptive or anything. Mm. I think it was probably that she um, was just an extreme bookworm, which there's nothing wrong with it, but yeah, it's. Yeah, no, definitely. I agree because, like, yeah, no, you're definitely right that the amount that she knew was anonymous to how much, like, a 17-year-old would know. And it's like, um, what was I going to say? You know, even the best of us, no matter how much time we spend reading, we can't recite everything that we've had. Like, I read a shit ton, like, ever since pandemic started. I mean, I read nearly all day, but I still could not recite, like, a whole chapter of the books that I read back to you by memory. So it's just, like, you know, that should have been explained, or we shouldn't have always had her being, you know, incredible sort without an explanation. Because it's just, it's like... It's almost... Mm-hmm. It's almost unrealistic. Um, That's what I was thinking. It is unrealistic, to be honest. Yeah, go on. Uh, yeah, I was, I was gonna say, like, it's very unrealistic, and it's almost like she, I don't know, like, was uh, portrayed as, like, the perfect ideal of, the perfect idealized standard of intelligence, which mm. is really not the, it shouldn't be the case, because, one, there's several types of intelligence out there, and... To intelligence comes in so many, like it, it comes in so many um, forms and it portrays itself in um, different ways. So again, I think this is a stereotypical view of what a smart person would be. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I think that that version of smartness belongs better, like belongs more in a fan fiction because you know fan fiction is supposed to be fiction, and of course Harry Potter is fiction. But the fact of how she was trying to make things have some semblance of realism, I feel like she definitely failed when it came to Hermione's smartness. Because, yeah, no, it's definitely true. Um, how smart she was was definitely um, unrealistic. Like, just nobody is that good unless they have magnetic memory. Um, and what else was I going to say? I'm like, I have a friend who can tell you what happened on any single given date, word for word. It's an incredible talent that you have. I don't know how the fuck he does it. But, you know, even he will still slip up occasionally. And, like, what else was I going to say? It's just, it definitely, it definitely was something that she should have explained. Like, I think it would have been... You know, that it would have been really cool if she had told us, oh, this is why her writer was always so smart. But just, you know, giving her that level of... It's almost like her smartness was a superpower. That's kind of the... That's kind of the impression that you got. And that's why I feel like it... And that's why I feel like you're going to get the sense that it's unrealistic. Because it just doesn't fit with how people are. Like, I've known a lot of 
you know, exceptionally intelligent people in my life, and none of them could recall stuff like she could. So, yeah, no. It's definitely an interesting one. But, yeah, no, it definitely could have been explored better if she had just put something behind it. But, yeah, okay, so what's the next one? Okay, so this is the um, plot holes from Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. Uh, the first plot hole is um, what made Dobby think that Harry would be a target? Okay. Uh, I think this was, this was another really good one that I've never thought about. Um, so, of course, you know, Dobby turns up at Privet Drive, he's in Harry's bedroom when, well, first Harry sees him when he's doing, excuse me, the yard work, but he didn't realize what he was seeing, he just saw Dobby's eyes. So, then of course, Dobby, Harry, Harry goes into his bedroom, sees Dobby sitting on his bed, and Dobby, when he talks to him, is convinced that terrible things are going to be happening at Hogwarts, and Harry can't go back because Harry has to stay safe, and all this, and it's a really good question. How did Dobby know that Harry was going to be the target? Because as it was pointed out when I read the explanation behind the plot hole, Riddle didn't know that that Harry was at Hogwarts until Jenny told him, you know, until she wrote into diary, wrote in the diary. So how could Dobby possibly have known that Harry was going to be a target? Especially because, you know, he didn't tell him. And also, if he knew somehow, some way, how is it that he could tell him that, but he couldn't tell him exactly what was going to happen? Like, I feel like that would have been something that should have been, you know, covered by the bond that Dobby had to Lucius. Because Dobby was obviously beyond being a Malfoy elf. He was obviously um, Lucius's personal elf as well. And so I feel like if Dobby had defended it proof that Harry was going to be a target, Lucius wouldn't want it to get out. So that would definitely be something that Dobby, that Dobby wouldn't be able to share. So that's definitely, like, I, I've never thought about it. I truly don't understand how Dobby would have known. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Plus the whole... Um or whatever because 
Um, if it had, then I don't think this would be a problem, but since it is, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely intriguing. Yeah, no, definitely, because, like, what can I say? Oh, my God, I have something in my head. Um, uh, oh, yeah, so, you know, I could understand if it was, like, Dobby just took, you know, Dobby just thought that it wasn't necessarily that he thought that Tom Myrtle was going to, it's not that he necessarily thought that the diary incident was going to directly target Harry. It could have been that Dobby thought that, you know, because Harry was always the one, you know, going to save the day in the past that Harry would feel compelled to do so that year. It could have been that, but even if it was that, that was never explained. Because, you know, obviously, Harry didn't need to know that until the end, until, like, later when Dobby visited him in the hospital room. But, you know how readers always know stuff before their characters. I don't see why, if that's what it was, why we couldn't be, why we couldn't have been told, like, for a narration. Like, it just... It, I just feel like it wasn't fully dissected and it wasn't fully, like, she didn't fully think about it. Once again, it was something that was kind of like a half-thought. Like, she wrote it out on paper and, you know, wrote out the whole scene, but she never thought about how you would get from point A to point B and, you know, everybody's thoughts on it and if what if people had questions how would she answer the, how would she answer those questions I feel like she didn't think about stuff like that and she should have yeah, yeah no. definitely I agree um it could have been one of those things where um she could have done it this way like she mm -hmm. could have told us the reader um the readers of the book that Harry was going to be a target in right. a subtle way and then Harry himself doesn't know, but we know something. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, that would have been really cool. Like, I like it when readers do that. Oh my god, when authors do that. You know, when we know something's about to happen or whatever. And so we're on the edge of our seat because the character doesn't know, but we know that this is going to happen. So yeah, no, that would have been really interesting. But I don't feel like she was really good at doing that. But yeah, no, if she had been, that would have been a great way to... Um, that would have been a great way to combat that problem. But anyway, um, what's the next plot hole? Um, so the next uh, Um, okay, so this next one is how did Tom Riddle know he was muggle born? Alright, so this one kind of ties into the last one. Um, and again, it's something that I never thought about, and I, cho I specifically chose this one because it's like something that you completely gloss over until you're confronted with it. But it's true, it's like, how did he know who the Muggle ones were? Because, of course, you know, he might have remembered some students from when he was there, but that's very unlikely because it had been 50 years. And obviously, Ginny didn't come into contact. She didn't know every single muggle in the school. So it's like, especially those who weren't in her year, like, you know, how was she supposed to know 
that Justin was unlovable, and of course she'd know about Colin, but all the older ones, how the hell was she supposed to know about Justin, how was she supposed to know about Penelope, you know, how was she supposed to know about all these people, when most of these people she's probably never spoken to in her life, besides Colin, so it just doesn't make sense as to how she was supposed to know to then tell Tom, and I don't believe that he would have had, like, there's no way they could have gotten his, but he could have gotten his hands on the Book of Admittance, which was, you know, the book that, um, has all the children's names in them as soon as they're born, and then, and it's, it, you know, it notes some of those people that are going to Hogwarts, I doubt that he'd ever get his hands on that book, because it's really well protected, so, that's definitely something that I would have loved to have known like how he possibly could have known those children were Mugwort because I don't believe that I mean unless the unless the basilisk could smell the difference between blood and you know could tell people with blood status again if that was something that could happen given it was a magical snake that wouldn't surprise me but it's something that she should have told us if it was true but since we never got to, you know, since we were never told that, we're left wondering how the hell does he know? Yeah, exactly. And it's not, um, it's not like Ginny mingles with every single student. Um, right. Well, the years don't really mingle. They usually, um, they usually stay like inside their own um, circle. Yeah. That's what I picked up on. Mm. And if she did know the Muggleborns, I mean, the only ones I think she would have known were obviously the Gryffindors, because that was her house. And yeah. Yeah. But any, anyone else beyond that, I don't think she would have even known about them or their blood status. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, okay, Hermione, I totally get, because of course, you know, that's her brother's, one of her brother's best friends. Hermione makes total sense. Ginny knew about Hermione being on the board. And it's, I guess it's a possibility, you know, in fact, it's not even a possibility. Most likely Colin brought it to her about being on the board as well. Because, you know, he had told Harry, so, and he was very excited when he started on Hogwarts. So I wouldn't put it past him to have told Ginny that he was on the board. But everybody else just does not make any sense. Like, she never had anything to do with Justin. She only saw... Penelope, but I doubt she ever had a conversation with her, so I, that doesn't make sense either. And it's just you know, and then when you come to like nearly had those snakes, I still don't under, we still don't truly understand how the basilisk was able to petrify nearly had those snakes can do nearly had those snakes considering he's already dead. So that's another mystery. But yeah, no, I'd love to yeah. know how Tom Riddle, you know, how she was able to, how either he knew or how Ginny was somehow supposed to know that all these people were the one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, what were we going to say? Hello? Oh, I'm here. <laughs> what were you going to say? Uh, a tad bit more 
explanation. Like, if, if there was a pet bit more writing or explanation mm. there, it could have been filled in quite easily. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Like, I'm sure there could have been something that she could have come up with. I feel like the I feel like the key to writing a good story is that like if you can't if you can't understand how you came to that you know decision to make this happen or whatever or you can't understand how you came to this series of events then your readers never will. I think I saw that somewhere, but it's true because like if you can't understand the decisions that you're making then how are your readers supposed to understand them? Because you you know you wrote the book so you should understand how you got from point A to point B and you know you should understand every single um, decision that you've made but if you can't logically come to the transition the, come to the decision and come to the conclusion if you're looking at it from an outside point then you can't really expect your readers to come to that conclusion either and I feel like you know if you if you don't make, if your writing doesn't make the cut with that test like if you can't look at it from an outside standpoint not having any of the information that you do as a writer and you can't come to that conclusion then I feel like you're definitely missing some stuff in your story and there's definitely some problems but um what's the next one okay so this one is um how did Ginny manage to get into and back out of Harry's dorm um, to be able to steal the diary? Yeah, so this was another one that I think was I saw was a really good one to talk about because <clears throat> at the time, you know, when when Harry gets back or I don't remember what the hell they were. But anyway, never you know, he comes up to Harry and he's like, Harry, your room something happened. He's like, Harry, our room. He's like, I don't remember what he says exactly, but he says something happened. Um, and then Harry goes up to his room and he sees the whole place is trashed around his room, around his bed. And I'm wondering, at that time, there were people in the common room. And I feel like unless it's, unless there's classes, there's pretty much always someone in the Gryffindor common room. So even if she was able to get into his room somebody definitely would have seen her coming out of there and I don't understand how she would have explained that because it's not like they were in a relationship or Harry and her were close at that time like how would she have explained what she was doing in their room I just don't quite understand how she would have gotten in and out without absolutely anybody seeing her and what she would have said to like you know, dissuade any, like, dissuade any, like, um, suspicion. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And I was going to say, like, I mean, unless Ginny, like, trashed the place and got out, I mean, did, did the whole search in five minutes and got back out with no one seeing her, I don't think it would have been possible. Right. Um, even if she did it in classes, like, people would have been in the common room studying or would have perhaps gotten permission to be in the common room to the spells and stuff from the teachers and, and things like that so yeah 
sense at all. Yeah, no, it's very possible that it would have been at least one or two, like, newt level students having a free period, you know, studying in the common room. And also, even if nobody sees her going in and out, if there's somebody in the common room, say there's nobody in the common room when she goes up there, but there's someone, you know, the way she trashed that room, she must have been making noise. Because it was absolutely, you know, everything was turned upside down, everything was all over the place. So I can't imagine that she was searching that frantically and didn't make a single fucking sound for people to hear her. And it's not like there's any silencing barriers, silencing barriers around that room. There aren't, so I don't, even if nobody saw her go up there, there's no way that nobody heard her while she was making all that noise and searching through her stuff. Like, I just, I just don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. I think it's too And then there's the, mm-hmm. there's the whole thing of why did she even trash the place? Like, I mean, the diary shouldn't have been the, I mean, her concern, but I guess maybe she was under um, Tom Riddle's influence. The compulsion, so, yeah. But trashing the place was a very reckless thing. It definitely was. It definitely was. And it just shows that also, though, it also shows just how strong Tom's influence was on her, considering, you know, she didn't have a diary at that moment, but she still felt so... She still... She was still so strongly under his um, possession by that point that the thought of somebody else having their hands on a diary when she already poured so much into it was just unthinkable to her and she had to get it back at that moment and she didn't care what she had to do to get it back and that much was obvious so you know I feel like that speaks to how strong Tom's influence was and just how dark the Horcrux was the fact that it was able to control her you know the piece of soul that was inside of it was able to control her from that distance um, but yeah. What's the next one? Uh, well, this one is Plotholes from Prisoner of Azkaban, and the first one, um, the first one is Fred and George never noticed the, um, that Peter's name was on Sorry, say that again. You're cutting out. Oh, um, they were they apparently so Fred and George apparently never noticed that Peter Pettigrew, um, Peter Pettigrew's name was on the map. Okay, so I was talking to my friend, I was like me and Sana were talking about this a couple weeks back, and that was what made me think of it. And it's just like, I put apparently because it's just like. I don't believe that they never noticed his name, and even if they didn't know who he was, the fact of how his name would have been right next to Ron's must have, you know, been really suspicious. Like, what the fuck is this man doing in our brother's bed? Because, you know, he slept with Scabbers. So it's just like, surely they must have seen his name, and they must have been really confused. Maybe the first time, the second time, and then like, yeah, no, we're seeing things. And then, you know, a few times after when they're still seeing it, 
they must have had some questions. And I just don't believe that Fred and George would not say anything. Like, being the kind of people that they are, I just don't believe that they wouldn't say anything. Most likely, what I could see happening is that they tell someone, but nobody fucking believes them. Because, you know, the reputation that they had, it's not, it's not even their reputation. It's just that adults never really listen to them, which annoys the shit out of me. But... You know, especially if they were to tell, like, their mother, she would just be like, yeah, no, stop, stop, like, making up, stop making things up, you know, kind of thing. And she wouldn't do, she wouldn't have taken them seriously in a million years. So, I feel like either they told someone and they were just like, yeah, no, stop being silly, that's, that can't be possible. And, honestly, I feel like that's the only explanation because I just don't feel like they would never say anything. Like, I just can't imagine it. Like, I can't see any universe where even if, even if they weren't the ones who had the map, even if it was someone like Draco, even with his depiction, with how suspicious he is, and with how nosy he was at times, he definitely would have said something to somebody. Like, this person who's supposed to be dead, I'm seeing him on the map. What's up with that? You know, he would have shown somebody or he would have told somebody. And I just don't believe that they never told anyone or yet better yet that they never ever saw his name. I don't believe that whatsoever. Like, even if they never... I feel like maybe they would have occasionally um, looked for their siblings on the map because even though it's not shown, they cared about their siblings. They definitely cared about their own siblings. Um, so I just don't believe that they never saw... Christ. I just don't believe that they never sorry guys that was my alarm but um yeah no I just don't believe they never saw his name and if they did they never ever said anything what do you think yeah um I definitely agree with that because Fred and George are like really perceptive people they pick exactly. up on very small details um so I mean, you, you would have to, to make those ingenious pranks that they've been right. um, making several years. So it, I think the explanation where they told an adult and that adult just dismissed them would have been the only, the only plausible one because everything else just doesn't add up. Hmm. Yeah, no, it just doesn't fit with their personality. It just doesn't fit with the kind of people that they are. Like, I don't know. There's probably a few people in the story that you could think of that, you know, would notice it but wouldn't say something for various reasons. Either they know they wouldn't believe, or they would, they either they don't think they'd be believed or they wouldn't care. But Fringers don't fit under that boat. They definitely would have said something. But yeah, no, I don't. I feel like that definitely should have been mentioned at some point. Like, you know, when he was unveiled, like, I feel like, I don't see why, um, the trio wouldn't have said something, why they, why they wouldn't have been talking, and then the twins would have been overheard them, and they would have like, we knew we saw his name, at the, you know, we knew we saw his name at some point on the map, we thought that, you know, like, you know, they might have said, you know, mom just dismissed us and was like you know stop making things up but we knew what we saw 
And I don't see why there wasn't a moment like that because I just, I could so picture something like that happening. Um, but yeah, no, I just feel like that's a really huge plot hole because they had the map for so long. It's just impossible for them to not have seen anything. Like, they have the map for a whole two years before they give it to Harry. So it's, an, it's impossible for them to not have seen shit. But um, anyway, moving on. What's the next one? Okay, so this one, I think this was a good one. Um, not necessarily a pothole, but I still think it was a good thing to talk about. I guess it kind of could be a pothole. But um, I definitely found it when I was looking for them. Um, and I agree with this because it's like, so there was many points attached to it. So it's like, number one, why give a 13-year-old girl a, a fucking time turner when like I said they're supposed to be heavily heavily sanctioned and stuff like that and you know most adults never got to touch a time turner most adults never got to use a time turner so what made them think that it was a good idea to give a 13 year old girl one and not just that it's like you're not supposed to be encouraging your students to take every single stu- every single subject that there is like you're not supposed to encourage your students to overwork themselves because different when, you know, they're older and they're studying, even when they're older and they're studying, there was, you know, it, it was, it was, it was, um, it was stated that Madame Pomfrey had to give calming drafts to people because they were getting stressed and having panic attacks when it came to their OWLs. And so I don't understand why that kind of caution wasn't taken when it came to this child who suddenly comes to you and says, I want to take everything on the symbols. Just be like, no, you can't. Like, I understand that you're ambitious, and I understand that you want to try it all, but it's just not realistic. We can't let you do this. And I was like, I feel like it was really irresponsible of them to let her have one. And it's just like, so they let her have one, and then Dumbledore, of course, fucking Dumbledore, possessed of them, you know, use it to go back and say about Bacon Sirius, which I'm glad that they were saying, but at the same time, it's like, he tells them to go and save Buckbeak and Sirius, and technically, they shouldn't have been able to do that. But then, you know, they never, they were never able to save Lily and James. But yet, and you know, J.K. says, J.K. says that's because, um, supposedly time turners can't be used to go back more than a day. But then, of course, you have Cursed Child, which most of us have agreed that isn't canon anymore but at the same time if you look at Curtis Child they definitely go back way more than 24 hours so it's just like what is actually the truth and it's like you know it's all just a huge mess what do you think? it is yeah um, I definitely agree not to mention that um, they could have gone back in time to save Sirius if they had a time turner, like, they didn't, they didn't do that, so, um... Oh, you mean I mean, from going to Azkaban in the first place? Yeah, or even from Order of the Phoenix, like, saving him from the whole Department of Mysteries. Definitely thing. true, yeah, that's true. Um, 
But instead, no, they just save him once and they let him die, but like two books later. It's, right. It's, <laughs> it's cruel, but, um, yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's like, just time to individual use really irresponsibly. But it's just, particularly the fact of how they're supposed to be heavily sectioned, but as soon as, you know, one student comes to you saying, oh, I really want to take all the classes. You're like, yeah, sure, okay, let's get her a time turn. Like, no, like, what? I just, oh my god. And I don't think any other student, I think had any other student come to them, except for maybe Harry, if Harry had said, I'd like to take all classes, then yeah, he probably would have been granted one because he's Harry Potter and Dumbledore showed favoritism to him. But had anybody else come and been like, you know, I want to take all the classes, they would have been like, no. <laughs> you know, they would have tried to reason with that child and be like, I'm sorry, but you can't do that. But yeah, they thought exactly. it was okay for her mind to do something. It's just extremely irresponsible because, like, I'm sorry, I don't think, I don't care how mature she was. She was 13. She never should have been given a device like that. She never should have been given a responsibility, you know, such a responsibility as that. I think it was really, really irresponsible as that. And it's just like, you know how they have careers, you know how they have careers advice in their fifth year? I don't see why they didn't have something similar in their, in like at the end of their second year before choosing their electives. Because I think if they had, um, the trio definitely would have made better choices. Like Ron and Harry and Ron would have made better choices with their electives. Like the fact of how they're just told, oh, here's a bunch of new subjects. You got to choose, you know, two of them that you want to learn next year, but you don't really know anything about them. And we're just going to give you the bare minimum. Like they should have had taster classes. They should have been, they should have been able to talk to the, you know, the professors that taught those classes to ask them extra questions about what the classes are about and what the classes are like and stuff like that, but they never had any of that until, you know, it's just, it was just all really poorly handled. Exactly. I mean, not even sixth or seventh year, like, Slytherins or Ravenclaws were able to have a time turner. And exactly. let me tell you, <laughs> like, some of us, um, I mean, even... Um, Wizarding World um, students, they would have taken all the electives and not even needed a time turner. Absolutely, yeah. Because yeah. they had to work harder, not, not, not harder. Um, so, yeah. The, the whole time turner thing is a, an absolute mess. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a complete mess because it's like, you know, if you give one student a time turner, well, then why the fuck shouldn't you give the why the fuck shouldn't you give other students a time turner? And also, you know, remember when us, some of the Slytherin Ravenclaws would want to use one, but at the same time, we'd see the practicality, the impracticality of trying to take every single subject that there is. And it's just like, I mean, for goodness sake, she didn't even need to take multiple, she didn't need to take multiple studies. Because number one, it was out of date, and number two, she is a fucking muggle. <laughs> She's grown up in the muggle world. What more is there for her to learn? Like, I get that she wanted to learn it from a wizarding standpoint. But like I said, that's exactly why they should have had a chance to talk to the professors that ran those classes before choosing the electives because then she would have known from the get-go that the class is 40 days, 40 days, what the fuck, at least 40 days behind what it's supposed to be. 
you know, that Muggle Studies was completely out of date. And so she could have known that from the start. I'm just like, okay, I don't need to take that because I'm not going to learn anything new. And, um, just, I just definitely think that things could have been managed better. Like, they put too much, they put too much faith in her to be able to choose her own classes without any input. And I mean, like, I'm not saying she couldn't choose them. She definitely was smart enough and intelligent enough to choose them. But she was an overachiever and nobody told her, nobody told her, you know, nobody was realistic with her. In the same way that, in the same way that professors never fucking told her, you've got to stop writing more than we ask for when it comes to essays. Like, you know, everybody can harp on about it, but Professor Snape was the only person who ever told her, I feel like he was the only person who probably wrote on her work, stop giving me more than I asked for, Granger, you know? Like, everybody else just gives her high grades for it, but... When he asked for it, when somebody asked for two feet of parchment, they didn't suddenly ask for two and a half feet, you know? Because she was always going overboard. Like, it's it's even mentioned when it comes to a history of magic essay that they do one time. I can't remember what it's on, it's not really important, but she was always going overboard with the work. And I think we talked about it in a previous episode that had it been muggle school, that wouldn't have been tolerated. Like, if she was in college, that wouldn't have been tolerated. She would have marked she would have been marked down had she gone over the word limit, you know, kind of thing. Exactly. I feel like there was more, um, I wish they would explain her talks with Flitwick, because I feel like Flitwick probably secretly told her, like, don't go overboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, I wish those were more explained, but, um, all it says in the book is that she just visits his office and that's it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. Um, but even then, I don't really think she cuts down on her work after then. But yeah, no, I think if it had been explained, that would have been a perfect point for, you know, somebody to step in and explain to her that she needs to stop going overboard. And, you know, Professor Blitwick would have been the perfect person to do that because he would have been able to say it in a gentle but firm way to her that didn't seem like she was being yelled at or admonished simply being told that you know this is how things have to work and you know they understand that she's enthusiastic and she wants to learn and she wants to be great but she still has to follow the guidelines that she's set when it comes to homework kind of thing yeah you would have been the, the most diplomatic of the professors to, exactly um, yeah, no, definitely. But anyway, moving on. <laughs> We've kind of gone on a tangent here. Um, what's the next plot hole? Okay, so Sirius could have been cleared of all charges at the end of the book if people had bothered to use um, a pensive. Yeah, I know, which is true because... In all of the court trials, they failed to use pensive um, memories, which I think they should have. Like, they should have just asked for people's memories of events, and that would have cleared up any misconceptions and stuff. Like, they did the same thing with Harry's trial. Like, you know, Fudge was just so quick 
They're like, oh, he's lying. He's making shit up just because he wanted to continue with his smear campaign of Harry. Whereas if he had just done the right thing and if he had just asked Harry for his memory, then he couldn't say, oh, he's tampered with them because he's fucking 15. He doesn't know how to do that yet. Like, he's not, he never learned how to be a good enough equivalent for him to be able to do that in the first place. So, you know, if they had just used memories from people, even if they had just used, like, Remus's memories, that would have been enough. But, like, yeah, he's a werewolf, but if you take his memories, you can't say his memories are lying. You, you can't tell me that he's lying because he just, <coughs> he just came back from the incident. He wouldn't have had enough time to falsify his memories. And I feel like so many court cases, particularly Cirrus's situation, could have been sorted a lot earlier had they just used a fancy. Like, because, you know, memories don't lie unless they're tampered with. And I don't think, even Sirius, he probably had rudimentary equivalency shows because he would have showed up and probably got taught it at a young age. But I think with the fact of how um, he'd been in Azkaban for so long, they probably weren't as strong as they used to be. So they could have taken his memories, but they could have just taken Remus and Severus's memories, and that would have been enough. And if they wanted to take the children's, and then they could take the children that weren't making shit up. Because they would, they would need the children's memories as well, considering the Severus gets knocked out, so he doesn't actually see the whole thing happen. Um, but yeah, no, if they had just used fancy memories in all the court cases that happened, then things could have been sorted out and nobody could say, oh, you're lying, because it's right there. someone tampered with the memories it would it would act up in a way that um people would know that someone's hiding something exactly in half-blood prince uh we saw slughorn's falsified memory right and it was acting up in a way that dumbledore was like oh something's wrong here you need mm. to get the real memory yeah exactly exactly I wish we had something here in the real real world that could um, do the same thing. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. That would have been great. Like, that would have saved so many people who are wrongly imprisoned, or just, you know, it definitely would clear up a lot of, um, a lot of cases that just either have never been solved, or, you know, like I said, people who are wrongly imprisoned. Um... But yeah, no, I, I don't understand, because there's like, a pansy, you know, pansies are introduced, and we're told what they can do, but they're never used to their full capacity, it's just like, what's the point of having this, what's the point of having this great, um, magical tool, if it's never going to be used, except from like, once or twice, and, you know, Considering we know all the ways that we, we know in our heads, oh, it could be used for this, it could be used for that, but it's not used for its whole, it's not used to its full capacity, and I just don't understand why. Like, it's like, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it's just something that I feel like sometimes witches and wizards just completely gloss over the obvious, and it's really fucking annoying. <laughs> 
But yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah, I was, I was just agreeing with what oh, okay. you were saying about God. Okay. Um, what's the next pothole? Okay, so this is um, potholes from Goblet of Fire and the first one. Um, it's about potholes, uh, about, um, you did the polyjuice potion in the movie. I think it says that doesn't change the user's voice um, because I think in the book it does though. Mm. So there's an inconsistency that the movie. Yeah, so I saw something. Sorry, go on. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah. Um, because in, like, in Goblet of Fire, when um, Barty Crouch takes the polyjuice, he has Moody's voice, and he had to use, um, obviously he didn't have all of Moody's characteristics, but he had to use, um, all of Moody's stuff to pretty much act like him. Mm. But his voice did change in the books from memory. Right, yeah. And so, what does it make sense? Like, I understand why. At the end of the day, when you think about it, it's because... You know, that would be too hard when it comes to, like, the chapters, the seven potters, if they all sound like him, that would be confusing. But, at the same time, um, like I said, that's why it creates an inconsistency. Because you've got voices changing in the books, but you don't have them changing in the movie. And it's just like, what do we follow and how do you explain them not changing in the movies outside of... You know, we can't change the actors to all. We can't have the actors all sound like Harry in one. You know, I feel like, excuse me, if anything, they should have used something different beyond, excuse me, beyond Polyjuice in Deathly Hallows. And then that would have solved the whole thing. But, um, that one definitely didn't, um, stand out to me. Because it's like, but also the fact of how if his voice... So we're saying it changed in the books, right? But it never changed in the movie. And that's my point. If it never changed in the movie, how the fuck did Dumbledore never realize that it was not Moody? Like, if it, that it was not the real Moody? Like, I don't understand. Like, I, I can't believe that Crouch was that good at doing, at, you know, putting on Moody's voice, considering how much interaction would he really have had with him? Like, as far as I was concerned, I believe the only time... Crouch would have actually have seen Moody would have been at his trial. So at his trial back in nineteen eighty, so it's just like, um, how would he actually know what Moody sounds like well enough to be able to impersonate him for a whole year? Like I just I don't know about you, but I just don't I don't buy it. Yeah, no, definitely. And I mean, like, it would have been different if he'd used, like, if they mentioned that maybe he used, like, a voice-changing charm. Like, that. I think that would have been a cool thing. 
but that was never mentioned, so it's just like, how does Dumbledore never realize, like, surely you can tell the difference between your actual friend and somebody else in person in your mind, but I'm sorry, if you can't fucking tell, well then you're not really his friend, like, dude, you're supposed to be, you're supposed to be, like, his closest friend, one of his closest friends, he's, you know, you count him as his really good friend, and you're supposed to have known each other for a long ass time, decades upon decades, but yet you can't tell when somebody else is in person, and you're just, like, what? Even in the books, like, wouldn't Dumbledore have had this intuitive feeling like, oh, this doesn't feel right, um, even though, like, Crouch was able to pull it pull it off pretty well, mm. um, under Polyjuice potion, uh, potion, but Dumbledore should have been able to perceive that something wasn't quite right, even if the image in front of him looked... Yeah, no, exactly, exactly. And I mean, there's no way, <clears throat> I think this has also been talked about before in an episode, but it's like, there's just no way that Dumbledore didn't know that Crouch taught them the unforgivable curses and was putting students under the Imperius curse. There's no way that he didn't know about that. Like, there's just no way. I don't believe that he did not know about it at all. And if he didn't know about it, what the fuck was he allowing? Why the hell was he allowing the man to do so? Like, you know, he knows that he had students like Neville at his school who has, to, you know, has parents who were tortured into insanity with that cut by that curse, which was like, you know, it's just extreme gross negligence. Like, it's just, ugh, I, I, I don't know. It's just, I just don't get it. I don't know. Um, I thought that was something else I was going to say, but I can't remember what it is right now. But, um, what's the next one? Um, so the second one, speaking of Imperius Curse, uh, it's, it says, why did Crouch, um, teach the students how to fight the Imperius Curse, especially Harry, when that would mean he would be helping Harry fight off, um, Voldemort as well. Yeah, no, that one definitely, again, something that I didn't think about until I saw it, and I was like, yeah, no, that's true. Because, of course, you know, Voldemort puts Harry under the Imperius curse, and Harry is able to fight it. And, you know, had he not had that training from Crouch, he never would have been able to. So it's just like, why did, you know, if he was supposed to be a Death Eater, why did he do that? And I don't believe it had anything to do with trying to play the part of Meta because yes, his nickname was Meta, but I, I truly don't believe that had it actually been him, would he he would have teach that he would have taught them how to fight it off. No matter how um what's the wrong one? No matter how paranoid that man is, I, I just don't believe that he ever would have taught them those curses. That he ever would have demonstrated those curses, I think he never would have, you know, taught him how to fight it off. I, I don't believe that he would have done that. Because I feel like... I don't know, like, I feel like when it gets to... I feel like when they get to a certain age, I feel, I don't know. I feel like maybe, depending on the child, like, with Harry, I think Mad-Eye was definitely of the opinion that Harry did actually deserve to know what was going on considering he was at the heart of the war. But as far as other children were concerned... 
I'm sure he was happy to just, you know, lead them out of the proceedings if they didn't need to be a part of any discussion or a part of the fighting whatsoever. So I just don't believe that he himself would have taught that. So it just doesn't make sense as to why Cox did it. Like, it just really... Again, it's like going back to the first plot hole that we talked about. It's like, he's supposed to be a Death Eater. He definitely did not want Harry to get away. You know, I don't believe that he didn't actually... I don't believe that he actually wanted Harry to get away. So it's just like, why would he teach that to Harry? It, it just doesn't make sense. It's not something that you'd... You know, it's not something you'd expect him to teach Harry. Yeah, unless he wanted something terrible You know, you've got him doing something that seems out of character for a deviator without any explanation. So, yeah, no. Um, Alright, what's the next one? Okay, so we are moving on to plot holes from Order of the Phoenix. Um, the first one is Bellatrix recognizes Neville despite first seeing him 14 years prior so yeah that that doesn't make sense yeah no that one again something I didn't think about until I read it and it's true like she hadn't seen him since he was one years old and also she's been an ask man like I don't believe no matter how many potions she might have taken no matter how strict a regimen of potions she might have been on ever since she was broken out of Azkaban she was still crazy like you know she still had the black insanity and she definitely been changed since Azkaban so I just don't buy it that she would have recognized Neville straight away like how just how even if she never forgot her her victims I still don't believe that she would have recognized him straight away because he never said his name she just suddenly she just suddenly looks at him and she recognizes him is being Alice or Frank's child, and I just don't get how. I don't, I don't see it as realistic. What do you think? I agree, and like his identity, like his um features and personality characteristics, all of that would have changed um since he was one. So she's got something that might not exist anymore. Like, she's got a version of Neville in her mm. mind that is lost. So, for her to be able to recognize him straight away is just, it's super unrealistic and probably near impossible. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, no, exactly. She would have had a picture of him as a baby. She would have had, you know, this image of him as a baby in her mind, and she just obviously hasn't seen him since then, so, you know, he would look very different, excuse me, and, like, I don't think he's ever said how alike, I think he looks like his, his mom, but I don't believe he's ever distinctly mentioned just how alike Neville and his mom look, so, once again, even if she remembers what Alice and Frank look like, there's no, I just don't believe, once again, that she would have recognized 
No, well, because he doesn't have any defining, you know, he doesn't have any distinctive features like Carrie does. He doesn't have a scar or any of that. So it's just so unrealistic. Extremely unrealistic. Because it's not like she, it's not like, it's not like it's the other way around. It's not like it's the reverse that she was tortured by Allison Frank. And, you know, when she's faced with their son, she has a flashback to when it happened. And she recognizes nothing from that. If it was like that, then I could understand that. Because, you know, a memory being unlocked. And all of a sudden she recognizes that, you know, she's like, you, you're the son of the people who tortured me or whatever. But she was the one who tortured them. So I just don't see it. I don't see it at all. Um, but moving on, what's the next follow? Okay, so this one's about the trace, and it's um, the fact that why did why didn't the trace activate when um, Harry or uh, when the order was doing magic around Harry? Right, which again another really good point because you know Harry he gets a warning when Dobby does magic and not even him like that also I don't understand how you would have thought that like house of magic wouldn't be wouldn't be detected I don't know I just don't think that I, I personally don't think house of magic would be detected by um wizards but apparently JK thinks it would be but um you know so that's detected, and Harry gets warning for that when it wasn't even him. But then when, you know, Tonks is doing magic to help Harry pack his things and all this stuff, they don't notice that. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. Once again, it makes no fucking sense. Like, fucking, was it Mad-Eye who used the disillusionment charm on Harry? And that book? I can't remember. Yeah. So they don't notice that, and that's something they definitely should have picked up, because that was a that was an advanced piece of magic, so I just don't understand how they didn't notice that unless it had been sanctioned, which I don't think it was. I, I don't think the ministry knew that they were going to be moving Harry. I don't know. I just, I think it was a really, I think it was definitely an oversight on JK's part about how that was, that wasn't picked up, but yet Dobby's magic in second year was. What do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, also, I don't know if it would be the fact that it, that they're adults, but still they're, they're doing it in Harry's um, place of residence. Mm. So, And also before his hearing, so technically wouldn't, they want, wouldn't the ministry or even Fudge want to use that against her then? Say, yeah. Oh, you've done all this magic this and this and that, you're going to be charged. Right, um, exactly, exactly. Yeah, no, absolutely. It just, it, it doesn't make any sense at all. It's, it's just like, I don't know. But yeah, no, it's definitely an, yeah, an inconsistency that really bothers me. Um, but yeah, no, you would expect Fudge to mention it at the hearing and be like, oh, you did magic then, so... Why should we believe you? Blah blah blah, and all this. So yeah, but um, um, what was the next one? Okay, so in the movie, 
It's a lot more random for the Department of Mysteries because apparently Ginny Neville and Luna just randomly follow Harry instead of um, having the whole conversation about um, Harry not wanting them to go with him. Um, so that's another big inconsistency between book and movie. To be honest, it's not even it's not even the fact of how they randomly follow him. They still have the conversation, I believe. It's just the fact of how what doesn't make sense to me is how why would Neville and Luna particularly end up going? Why would Neville end up going when yeah, they talked but I still don't feel like Neville was a true like he wasn't as close to them as he wasn't as close to Harry as Ron and Hermione were. Because, you know, as we've already discussed, Ron and Hermione stopped Harry from having any other truly close friends. So Neville was never as close to Harry as the two of them. And then Luna and Ginny were fourth year, so like, how did they even know to be there? Like, I don't, I don't know, I'm honestly really confused as to how they even showed up there. Like, they, their, their appearance has to be the most random, because they're supposed to be fourth years. Neville, he came out of the exam. Of course, he probably saw Harry in the History of Magic exam, but where the fuck do Luna and Trudy come from? Like, they're supposed to be in class. Maybe class just finished, but like, how did they know to be there? I don't... It doesn't make sense. There's no explanation, so it's just like, where did they come from? How did they know to be there? You know, like, it's just... That whole jump from A to B is not explained. So, oh, yes, 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 she was, yeah. That's probably, like, how she met up with Harry, and, mm. um, so I think her, her, uh, appearance could be, um, explained, but it's not entirely explained, but, um, Ginny, we don't know about that one. Right, exactly, um, Ginny definitely, there's just no explanation, like, what is she doing there, and how did she get there, and how did she know to be there, it's just, like, you know, I just, again, it, it could have been great with some, yeah, it could have been great with some explanation, but there was no explanation. I think JK just left that all up in the air and was like, okay, I'm done. Yeah, exactly. Wait, where's the twins? Still, have the twins left by the time the ones are the minister? Uh, yeah, they, they left in the middle. Yeah, okay, okay. Because if they hadn't left, they would have been a much more logical choice, much more logical choice, yeah, logical choice in my opinion. Like, I think the twins and Luna would have been good because Luna yeah. would have been really perceptive and insightful. And then you've got the twins who can fight if needed. So. Exactly, because they're yeah. of age. So, you know, that's just perfect. But yeah, I know. <sighs> Again, I, I don't know. I really don't know. Um, ow, what's the next fall? Oh, uh, yeah, so this one's about um, Harry not using the communication mirror that Sirius gifted him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, this was something that I didn't think about until later. Was it? I can't remember. Did you bring this one up? Yeah, I did, I did bring this one up. Yeah, so we were talking, and 
the middle part of that sounds like yeah well that's true like why didn't Harry just use the communication mirror to see if Harry yeah, to see if Sirius was actually home because that would have been the most foolproof way because you know nobody could intercept that unless like you know Remus happens to see it like vibrating or whatever and he picks it up then he can easily confirm yeah Harry Sirius is right here don't go anywhere because Sirius is not administering Whereas the, the, the flu just wasn't, the flu wasn't secure enough because, you know, we realized that later on we realized that Sirius told Creature to get out, was it when they were, was it when they were throwing stuff away? Uh, Is that when he told them to get out? I, I think so. They were, I think Sirius got mad at him. Mm. I, I think it was Christmas, I think after Christmas, I'm not sure. But he got mad at Creature and told him to get out of the house, and Creature took it literally. Right, exactly. So, you know, Sirius gets mad at Creature, um, he tells him to get out, but of course, you know, Creature takes it literally, so he leaves the house, and later on we realize that he ended up going to Bellatrix, or, you know, he definitely went to one of the boxes, either Bellatrix, either Bellatrix or Narcissa, and told, you know, told them something and that was how that was why Harry never knew that Sirius actually was home that night because Creature purposefully never told Sirius that Harry had called for him and you know it's just like I get I do get that you know Harry was stressed out and everything but had had even Hermione thought of the communication like Harry checked them well actually no she didn't know about them did she no, oh, wait. Did she? Maybe. Um, I think she did actually, cause weren't they all spending like the um summer or like the holiday at Chris uh, at um Sirius's? They house were. The... Yeah, they were. Yeah. But I don't. I'm not sure if she was there when Sirius gave Harry the package, and if she knew exactly what was in the package. I can't remember that for sure. Yeah. So if she was then I don't understand why she never said Harry checked the mirror, but Harry once again, it was his whole Gryffindor brashness kicking in. That you know, he just wanted to jump yeah. into danger and never mind thinking about a plan. Even if he ended up going to the ministry that night still a plan really could have made all the difference. That, you know, he just wanted to quickly go, 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 go. And, you know, deal with the consequences later. Which, unfortunately, ended up being fatal. Um, But, yeah, I know. It's just... What was I going to say? Like, if Harry had stopped, really thought about it, and said, you know, I've already tried the flu. Like, even before the flu, the mirrors would have been way better before the flu because then he wouldn't have gotten caught. You know, the whole thing... The whole thing with... Excuse me. the whole thing with the, with um, getting caught by Umbridge and sending her to the centaurs, that was great, but that could have been avoided had Harry just checked the mirrors. And it's just like, again, it's like, it's like going back to the whole Pansy thing, like, the mirrors are mentioned, and then they're completely discarded. And I kind of get, I get, I kind of get why, because it's just like, you know, in moments of panic, and also it's just like, saying that, it's shown that Harry's not infallible, like Harry does make mistakes. 
But we all went into that. <laughs> He's a 15-year-old boy. I'm not expecting him to remember everything. But it's just, when he has certain tools to his at his disposal, we wish he would just fucking use them, you know? That, that's basically what we're trying to say. But, yeah. Um, what's the next one on the list? I was gonna say before that, mm-hmm. um, even though, like, I understand, like, yeah, he's under a lot of stress, like, even though he's stressed out, like, people can be stressed out and be level-headed as well. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, there are some people that work really well to, on the track. Yeah. He didn't need to fly off the rails and go, we have no time! <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, it was just, it was all, once again, it, you know, it was the part of Harry's brain that's always like, you know, action first and then think about it later, like act first, think later and act with with different friends or better friends or just oh my goodness. It, 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 I'm sorry, but it all comes down to the type of friends that you had. It, it definitely all comes down to the type of friends that you had. Because Harry can only it's not to say that he needed friends to give him a push. It was more that he needed friends who weren't gonna make him feel guilty for working at his true potential. He needed friends that weren't gonna make him feel guilty for, you know, having ideas that they didn't have kind of thing. Like, he needed friends that were gonna allow him to reach his full potential and everything and, you know, celebrate his successes with him instead of like grumping about it and shit like that and being jealous and all this pettiness that he doesn't have time for you know and had he had Luna had he had Luna another one in the corner closer than Ron and Hermione then something like that would have come to him before like something like you know he wouldn't have and also had he had proper boundaries not even yeah proper boundaries and had you know, professors followed through with taking points and giving attentions at the right points instead of rewarding, yeah, instead of rewarding him when he did things wrong, then he definitely, again, he definitely would have stopped and gone, like, hold on, let me really think about this. Is this, like, is there any way that this could actually possibly tr- possibly be true? Because, you know, we think about it, I'm sure, I definitely thought about it when I first went off, like, yeah, no, this is, this is just not possible. Like, Harry, come on. Like, why would Voldemort have him? And, then, you know, you think about it more and more as you get older. Like, depending on how old you are, when you first read the books, you think about it more and more as you get older. And you're just like, how is this just fucking ridiculous? Like, why the hell did he even believe it in the first place? You know? Exactly. And it's just, yeah. Um, was there anything else you wanted to say on that point? No, I think that was it. Okay. Um, so we're moving on to Half-Blood Prince, and the first plot hole is about um, the, the, bar, the bar being set on fire during the movie. Yeah, so this, I don't understand why they did that. Like, I feel like it was an unnecessarily, ugh, unnecessary filler and it's just like, it didn't happen in the books, so why did it even happen in the movies? 
It's just like, yeah, there were some things that happened in the movie that didn't happen in the book, but there was absolutely no reason for the brother to be set on fire. It's just like, it's just like why? Like, it, it just, it was completely out of place with the plot. It, it, you know, it was completely unnecessary. And even if it did happen, why did nobody try to put it out with magic? Like, no, why was nobody doing anything about it? Like, it was just all completely... It was... Eh, I, I, don't, I just don't understand why the fuck it was there. <laughs> what do you think? Um, yeah, I agree. Like, it was definitely no reason to set that on fire um, or go against the plot of the book. I think what happened was the film directors took a creative license, mm. which is a thing that they that film people or that um, people in film like to do. It's, I mean, they, they add things that might go against the story, but um, are sort of creative, creative de- devices for the film, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, if you're person who's like watched the films without reading the books you think nothing of it yeah but exactly we've both read the books it's like what the hell <laughs> why is this here yeah i know absolutely and it's just like you know if once again they didn't think about how to explain why it was happening it's just it just randomly happens and it's just like why like it, it, there's no sense to it you know like there's, there's no explanation as to why there's no true reason behind it it just seemed like a um random act of violence it's just like why it doesn't make any sense um yeah it's pretty illogical exactly exactly like i told you get creative license i use it all the time in my fan fiction but I think there's a difference between tweaking a scene that happened in the books to make it more appealing and eye-catching in the movie than, you know, as opposed to just completely chucking something in there that never happened and not even explaining how it fits into the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what's the next one? So, um, the next one is why did Dumbledore duplicate the locket when they found it? Okay, do you want to start this one? Um, yeah, I mean, this one is definitely a good point. I mean, um, it could have been a really cool trick if he duplicated it because, Mm. um, I don't know, just it would have made it harder to find and multiple fake would have been, um, I don't know, very interesting to have, especially if um, Voldemort found it and was like, oh, okay, I think this is my Horcrux, I'm gonna save it, I've got it, but in reality, Harry and Ron and Hermione would have already had the real one. Exactly. would have hopefully destroyed it. Hmm. But yeah, no, like, I'm sure Dumbledore could have created another fake or duplicated the fake, and I'm sure he could have pushed some magic into it 
to make it seem like it was the actual real thing. Um, like, I'm sure he could have done that had he wanted to, but he didn't think about that. And, you know, because you know when, you know, in Deathly Hallows, Voldemort goes back to check if his horcruxes are still um, safe when he realizes that they've destroyed, which one is it? I can't remember. I think it's after they destroy the locket. I can't remember which one they destroy. Um, when he suddenly realizes that he has to check all of them. Um, but if Namuro had put that in, they would have had that extra little bit of time. And, you know, that would have granted them just, you know, just a little bit more time definitely would have been helpful and definitely would have been useful. So, yeah, no, I don't understand why Namuro didn't think about that. Not even just duplicating the locket, he could have duplicated, oh, well, maybe all, hmm? except for the diary, but, like, he could have done it for the cup, the, um, ring, I guess, and yeah, no, the definitely. magic, and, yeah, exactly, because Voldemort, I mean, let's face it, Voldemort's super easy to fool, he's not, like, intelligent, no, he doesn't, he I doesn't mean, check the only surface, it's true. Exactly. I mean, maybe as a human he was book smart, but mm. he seems to have lost. He's lost it over the years. Yeah. No. Definitely. Definitely. Like, I mean, that much was obvious from the fact of how Severus was able to fool him all those years. I'm not saying that Severus is stupid, because he definitely wasn't. But if had Voldemort been as intelligent as he liked to think himself, he would have figured it out a lot much earlier that Severus wasn't truly loyal to him or he would have figured out that it wasn't Severus that was the master of um, the Alder Wand he would have figured out that it was actually Draco like you know there, there's just there's, there's, there's a few things that show that Voldemort isn't as smart as he likes to think himself um, but yeah What's Al? What's the next one on the list? Okay. I think we only had two for that one. So okay. we're on to the we're on to the final book, which is the Deathly Hallows. Um, and the first plot. The first one is, um, why weren't there any wards set against the intruders um, at the ministry? Yeah, no, which, again, something I never thought about until I read about it, and I was like, yeah, no, that's true, like, there was no, there were no wards, there was no alarm system, but, like, there was nothing that alerted anyone that there were fucking people that, in the ministry that weren't supposed to be there until the whole thing with the Dementors happened, like, what the fuck, if that had never happened, that would have gotten in and out of, you know, an, an official building within the ministry within the magical world with nobody being none the wiser like it, it it just doesn't add up because it's it's like breaking into like buckingham palace over here which is where the queen lives and nobody knowing like how it, it's just not possible it just does not make any sense like it shouldn't be possible yeah. it's definitely not It's definitely not realistic and doesn't add up to the um, the measures that we take in the real world. Exactly. If she wanted that to be, if she wanted that to be realistic, then maybe 
she should have been like, okay, let's add some really protective security wards around the industry so mm. that no one can get I mean, it's just crazy to think that Gringotts is more protected than the ministry. Like, a bank is more protected than the ministry that has some serious secrets that they don't want everyone, that they don't want anyone to know. Like, you know, the Department of Mysteries and stuff like that. So it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. Like, there's practically, I don't think there is any security on the ministry. And I think that's definitely to the fault of, that definitely lies on the shoulders of all the ministers from the past um I'm pretty sure that once Kingsley became minister he probably rectified that <laughs> um yep. but yeah I know I just don't understand like with Gringotts they have the fool's revenge potion I'm pretty sure it's a potion um yeah I feel like it's a potion that's mixed into I feel like it's a potion, and then there's probably, like, wards that set it off to, you know, that time it so that it falls over people just when they're about to, um, like, when they hit a certain point. And then, of course, that reverses apologies potions and any glamours that people are under. So, Gringotts has that, but the Ministry has nothing, and it just makes no sense whatsoever. It's just extremely, like you said, extremely unplausible and extremely unrealistic. It just... It's crazy. Like, supposedly, even Hogwarts is more secure than the Ministry, which is mind-blowing, because it's a school. Like, what? <laughs> and, like, Hogwarts would have to be because um, of all the students, but, again, mm. like, the Department of Mysteries, anyone could get into that and potentially break prophecies or anything that's in there except for maybe that lock that Dumbledore says contains love, but I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> I exactly. I mean, I know the love chamber does exist. I, I would say that it definitely doesn't exist. But I don't know if it's all what he likes to talk about, you know. I, I don't think it's exactly what he thinks it is. I, I, I feel like he's hiding something. Huh? <laughs> I feel like he's always hiding something from... Harry, I don't think he really wanted him to know what truly lies beyond that door. Oh, yeah, no, he was definitely always hiding something. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. But, yeah, I know. It's just mind-boggling that the security is basically, you know, nothing when it came to the ministry. Um, okay, what's the final plot hole that we have? So this one is, why didn't Bellatrix just use magic to identify Harry at Malfoy Manor? Mm, which I think is a good point, because, you know, so easily she could have just said, she could have just used finite and simple. The jinx would have been undone, and she could have identified him herself. Like, I don't even know why she bothered asking Draco, you know? Like, if she really wanted to know she could have just used her fucking wall like I, I, yep. I, I really don't know what the hell she was thinking she just wasn't thinking at that point which was really weird like um hello you're a witch you could do it yourself <laughs> you know like it just it doesn't make any sense to me why she never 
tried to use magic herself. Like, it, it was it was strange. Um, but yeah, no, she easily could have figured out. But yeah, it's Harry Potter. Um, Not only that, but Hermione and Ron, I think Ron was there, yeah. They could have identified um, those two as well. She could have identified those two as well. Yeah. And the yeah. fact Hermione used Penelope Clearwater's name when she didn't really... I don't think they had Polyjuice at that point. And yeah. I don't think she even, like, met her. She probably just saw her once. Yeah. So the fact doesn't even look like her. Right, um, exactly. Could have been like, yeah, it could have put Bellatrix off. She could have been suspicious. Mm-hmm. Not to, that I'm pretty sure Bellatrix would have seen Hermione before. Right, so. exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's a bit weird. I mean, I'm sure she knew who Ron was. I'm sure she knew that Ron was Weasley. Like, everybody fucking knows what the Weasleys look like, so I don't for a second think that she didn't know who Ron was. But, yeah, I know definitely Harry and Hermione, she could have just used magic to easily identify them. I don't understand why she didn't. Um, but, yeah. Is there anything else you want to say about that one? Um, no, not that I can think of. Alright, okay, is that all of them? Yeah, which is true because, again, something I never thought about until I read about it. And it's true because, like, you know, they say that the Elder Wall was supposed to be unbeatable. You know, when you have it, you, no one can, no one can defeat you. And that much is shown in the Tale of the Three Brothers. But then Dumbledore uses it against um, Voldemort in the Department of Mystery. And yet he still doesn't win that duel. Like he, he isn't able to easily default, uh, easily defeat Voldemort and incapacitate him, which doesn't make any fucking sense. It's just once again, it's a contradiction, contradictory statement to what the wand is supposed to be able to do. Exactly. I I feel like there's a, some sort of catch twenty two or caveat that um, isn't mentioned in the tale of brothers yeah that maybe the one can only do it for an ex uh, to an extent or um there's a time limit Mm. on the one but we never know so um yeah that's just a shame that we don't know that if she wanted to add a catch-22 in there she could have done so and it would have made it more interesting absolutely yeah i know i totally agree because there's a catch-22 on the um resurrection stone Mm. you can bring Exactly. They won't be fully, you know, it's not like he actually bring them back to life and they're not going to be fully anchored to the living world. So yeah, no, that's a catch me too with the ring. Definitely. I agree with you. Like, she could have definitely added something when it came to the wand, which would have made it so much more interesting. Hmm? There's also a bit of a catch too with the, um, the invisibility cloak. I think it only keeps you hidden from sight, but it doesn't like, if someone bumps into you, then it's kind of ruined the illusion. 
Very true. Very true. That's very true as well. Um, what else was I going to say? Yeah, no, I think that was it. But, um, okay, so this is the end of the episode. That was, that, that was, I felt like we got in a lot more than I thought we would. So this was actually really, really interesting. We might do this again if we can collect some more plot holes. And we talk to some friends and see if they can come up with some stuff. So if we do, we'll definitely make a part two to this episode. But, um, yeah, no, I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.